Welcome, everybody, back to episode number 69, the Rafael yeah. Betancourt edition of Dong City, August 1st, trade deadline extravaganza, and what a trade deadline we have. As you can see, we have one half of Total Bases joining us. The show is just too big. We couldn't just go just the two of us, so it's it's Felipe, Sean maybe joining us. Vince just cutting traffic, old ladies and cutting old ladies off in traffic to, to get with us, so I'm loving this. Boys, how you doing this evening? Fantastic. And uh, as always, I apologize for the screaming baby as uh, she keeps continuing to make cameo appearances on uh, anytime I'm on a podcast. So I apologize for that. I'm doing great. I, uh, yeah, we made our own trade. We got a little Felipe action for tonight. Uh, so that, uh, that's the Donk City contribution. Uh, we are already seeing it in the comments. And hello, everyone who's joining us. Thank you for joining us. Um, this was this reminded me, Felipe, you'll appreciate this reference. Uh, to me, this was the greatest trade deadline of all time. And what sparked it for me, it's like when a former finds the penny on the ground and decides this is the best day of his life. <laughs> for me, it was those last like five transactions in the final minute. I was like, oh, my God, like what could you ask? What more can you ask for from this trade deadline than what we witnessed? Yeah. I mean, are you not entertained, fellas? Are you not entertained? This is what people wanted. This is what they got. Well, except for the Cup fans, but we'll get to them in a little bit, right? Uh, hey, MLB did something right, right? Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, I have to both praise MLB and the Cubs in one podcast, so you do not want to turn this off because I've got a lot of uh, a lot of apologizing to do or, or encouragement. We'll put it that way. I don't know if I'm going to apologize about anything. Oh, I'm, I'm going to – this is how great – the deadline was i was actually out there's a friend of mine who's visiting from uh qatar he him and his wife are teachers over there they came back home to visit and we were uh with another friend at harlem tavern free publicity guys there you go mm. um and we're sitting having dinner i'm having some drinks and i'm not really paying attention to my phone and i get back-to-back -back phone calls from vince and then rob with like like every trade as it's coming down, I'm like, oh, this is big. We got to go. We got to go this weekend. We got to do something. <laughs> and I looked at my phone and it was literally nothing but notification after notification. after. I was like, wow, this is insane. <laughs> this is what every trade deadline should be. This was Rizzo night. And uh, Henry can tell you, I'd never, you know, sometimes we text. A lot of times we Facebook message. We are in like 17 chats together. We obviously <laughs> talk about Dong City. I called him which yep. never, ever, ever happens uh, for the Rizzo trade. I knew so, it was big. I, knew, when I saw Vince's name on my phone. I knew it was big. Yeah. Uh, either someone's in the hospital or the Yankees did something yeah. major. Those are the reasons. And so. I should you not. It wasn't 30 seconds later. Rob called me all excited. The excitement in Rob's voice, I wish I could capture it. <laughs> yeah that was it. So now Felipe you you know we're going to get it we're so everyone knows we're going to get into the trades we're going to recap really the last two weeks go through the trade try and give some rapid fire reactions to it as well as kind of let you know where we think teams are now at this point but Felipe as a both White Sox and Cubs kind of fan you must have had a very interesting last few days here with those perspectives well i was told that, that, that my feelings don't matter when it comes to the cubs and the white Sox. My, my feelings don't count for shit but invalid in both cases yeah <laughs> um i'm happy with the white Sox. i thought this was something i wanted them to do for a long time just just show me you want to go for the juggler and you're not just pussyfooting around and giving the indians or i'm sorry the guardians now <laughs> the cleveland guardians and the uh, minnesota twins and the royals and the 
whatever the other team is at this point. Who cares? The Minnesota Royals. I kind of like that. Yeah, the yeah. Minnesota Royals, the Kansas <laughs> City Twins. You know, Kansas City is a twin city too. Kansas yeah. City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, but I, that's what I want. I want them to go for the jugular. I want them to show me that they're not messing around and they're not just tapping the toe on the co- on the water to see if it's cold or hot, which is something that the White Sox have been doing for like the last 15 years. So I'm very happy. Yeah. They, and they didn't give up much of anything. What? They give up Slappy and, and yeah. a left-handed relief pitcher for Ke- Craig Kimbrell. And they got Ryan Tapera too from the, from the Cubes. I mean, I, I can't ask for better. I mean, that's what you want to see your teams do. And they're going to get all their big boppers back in Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert pretty soon. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm satisfied with the White Sox. They could have done more, but for what it is right now, I'm, I'm happy with them right now. Did uh, you call him Slappy? I, that's what I've been calling him this whole time. Uh, I, I can't even take credit for that. That's uh, a local radio host, sports radio host, gave him that nickname a couple I years ago. Say, I've, I've heard Bushnell refer to him as Slappy, and I know if he came up with it or that was something that no, was... No, uh, the first time I heard it was Lawrence Holmes. I, I, I relayed it to Bushnell, and Bushnell takes credit for it. I think that's how it happened. But okay. uh, The disrespect no. is real. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has to show me something. He's always hurt. He's barely hitting for any power. He's never shown that he could hit for power in the minors. So basically, the Cubs got themselves uh, Nick Clint Nico. Frazier. They got Clint Frazier. Who? The Cubs? No. Yeah, that's what he is. Slappy is Nick Frazier. Oh, Clint Frazier. No. Well, Clint Frazier always had that little pop in him. But yeah. regardless, Nick and Nico now in the middle infield for the Cubs. Uh, you can't. <laughs> it's just pretty funny how that worked out. It's Nick and Nico. They're going to slap the ball around around the infield, up the middle, and they're going to be so predictable. So, but uh, at any rate, uh, yeah, Cubs, Vince, uh, you've been a proponent of, of them uh, rebuilding a while back ago. I don't yeah. agree with it uh, wholeheartedly, but once I saw you Darvish get traded in the offseason, I felt like, all right, well, screw it. Trade everybody now. And they waited until the deadline for some odd reason. I don't know why, probably because they figured that they that's the time for them to get the best trades. I've been really mulling it over and thinking about why they waited until now when I don't know why they couldn't do it in the offseason along with you, Darvish, but it got done. I mean, this was expected. Any cuff yeah. and they'll tell you that they, they were shocked and were crying and we're not expecting this. You're not paying attention. It's, yeah, it's, totally it was, it was, the writing was on the wall. All right, let's, let's get into it because I think it's a good, a good segue to get into July 15th. Henry, if you want to add, add your last thought there. Before no, no, I was going to say, I think he brought up, he brought up uh, you, Darvish, and I think the Cubs learned from that because – they probably would have gotten more for Darvish right now, the way the prices soared yeah. the I last would, two days than they did, you know, when they sold them. I was going to agree. I agree with you, Henry. I think in this case, the Cubs actually did the right thing. I Look, I got it. You know, at the beginning of the year, I thought it was so silly because the Cubs to me sucked going into the season. You look at the roster, they're pitching and whatnot. But I get it. Like It's a it's a weak division. We all knew it was going to suck. Um you don't know what to expect from everyone. Henry and I obviously knew the Brewers were going to win the division because we picked them, but um, I get it. I get not moving them in the winter, having that giant fire sale, seeing what those three can do. And it paid off because Brian had a huge start to his year. Baez is having a better year than last year. And um, and and Rizzo, you know, is, is Rizzo. So it worked out for them, and they got really good returns, I felt. Um, very fair to good returns for for the guys that gave, they gave up but you're absolutely 100% right Felipe if you as a Cubs fan did not see this coming you have not been paying attention to the state of your franchise the last few years because like you said three years ago I thought they should have had a rebuild that, that's, so I've been on this since day one that's and you too soon I'm sorry but we can argue about that. that look look I'm looking at it with no sentiment involved whatsoever I, I know how emotional it is henry and i went through this you know Derek jeter retires mariana rivera retires it's the end of an era we get it the team's not as good anymore um but we were lobbying 
for a rebuild in 2016, and we finally got it in the 11th hour. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Cubs fans, if you are upset today, if you're sad today, trust me, two to three years from now, you this is going to be one of the, your fondest memories to look back on is the day that the franchise made the right decision for the future. Um, and I really think that happened this past week. And it started all back Thursday, July 15th, feels like an eternity ago. The Braves acquire Jock Peterson. And if that at that point, you're kind of not sure what the Cubs are doing. Jock's not a major piece. They just picked him up this season. So no love lost there. They get Bryce Ball, who, uh, Felipe, I don't know how you feel about him. I, I, I liked him as a prospect. I know he's not lighting the world on fire in the minors, but I kind of liked his pedigree and, and his prospect status and whatnot. I thought right off the bat, mm, Cubs got something for nothing because Jock's not going to be there when they're good again. How did you guys <laughs> feel about that trade? It was okay. I mean, the power is there, but he's no Anthony Rizzo. He's not going to make you forget Anthony, who Anthony Rizzo was. Fangraphs has him ranked uh, before the season started as the 24th best prospect in the Atlanta Braves organization. Uh, and as of right now, he's only hitting, he's only slugging 394 in high A ball for the Cubs right now. Um, or actually, uh, for Atlanta, when he got traded, he was slugging 394. He's doing worse with the Cubs right now in high A, and he's 23 years old in, in high mm-hmm. A ball. So, it's 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 a it, you know what it is. This is basically when we got Mike Olt way back in the day from Matt Garza. Nice. So it, it's, to me, it's just a guy. It's it's a but it it's a, it's a fair trade for Jock Peterson, and both teams got what they wanted, what they needed. So just uh you know, can Jock help the Braves for the rest of the season, and can the Cubs develop Bryce Ball for the rest of his career? That's all. It, what it really boils down to that's is that it. that's all it is. They bought a lottery ticket for nothing. They got rid of Peterson. Yeah. They got rid of some money and. They got something in, in return, and hopefully it hits. That's what it's simple. Some of those right. these are just what they are. Now, the Braves weren't done there. They did make some minor trades going up to the, the deadline deadline, the final day. Um, they go, they acquire Stephen Foyt, not their starting catcher, but it's a nice step there. They acquire Adam Duvall uh, for Alex Jackson, we, uh, who would be in a trade with the Marlins. They acquire now. Now we go into deadline day, and at this point, I can tell you, I have a best. I have a very close friend who is a Braves fan. He was very frustrated going into July 30th. They hadn't addressed pitching. They hadn't addressed their outfield really with anything except Jock. Um, he didn't feel that was enough. Deadline day, they acquire Jorge Soler. They acquire Eddie Rosario, and they acquire Richard Rodriguez, which was the one that really made him excited. That was a great move, I thought. Um, Things they gave up, Pablo Sandoval, the ageless <laughs> wonder, Bryce Wilson, Ricky DeVito go in the, into the Pirates for the Richard Rodriguez deal and Casey Kalick uh, to the Royals in the Solaire deal. So, I mean, I think the Braves did what they have to do in the scope of this season. I don't personally think they're going to make much noise just because they're so banged up and so behind the eight ball and under 500. Maybe they can push that division but that's not a team that's going to overcome those West teams. Um, so I think they did enough They didn't mortgage their future, but they kind of, you know, they, they tweaked a little bit. And I, I think they had a fine average deadline, Richard Rodriguez being the crown jewel bet. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it seemed like they didn't give up much. I mean, Ricky DeVito, I'm checking him out right now. He's just a low grade prospect also ranked very low uh, in the brave system. Uh, his thing is that he has a split finger uh, fastball, which we don't know if it's going to be successful or not at this point. He was a 22 year old in high a ball was posting decent strikeouts, decent control, but it's only after game start uh, after only five games started. So there's a sample size issue there. Uh, but yeah, like, like it's, that's going to be the, the, the theme, right? They, 
the Pir- uh, the Pirates got some lottery tickets for players that they didn't care too much about anymore. So, uh, and Bryce Wilson, I mean, Vince, we talk about Bryce Wilson and all those failed uh, Braves prospects all the time. Bryce Wilson's a, one of a, a long line. So we'll see if uh, the Pirates can figure out what's wrong with Bryce Wilson so he can be a more dependable starting pitcher. Kyle Wright about to join him any day now. <laughs> yep. Uh, Henry, would anything, any other thoughts there? I, I really like this deal. I mean, I just, Richard Rodriguez is perfect for them. I just, I don't, Jorge Soler, how many times has this guy been traded where he is who he is? He's never going to reach that ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, like, like I said, I don't think this puts the Braves into any sort of higher tier. I think it keeps them afloat for the rest of the year. Um, and of course, the Pirates are uh, a perennial seller. So if that works out for them, they get a couple nice pieces back. Uh, we move on to a team that is absolutely in contention. And if you've been watching this weekend, they're getting immediate dividends. That's the Tampa Bay Rays who have taken the first two from the Red Sox, moved within a half game of the Red Sox. Mm. Uh, they beat the Yankees badly. The final game of that series, the Yankees took two out of three from that. So uh, the AL East is starting to get very tight very quickly. Tampa Bay, I thought, had a good deadline. None, none bigger of a move than the first one they did, which was July 22nd. They acquired Nelson Cruz uh, and a pitcher for Joe Ryan and Drew Strotman from the Twins. And then they didn't stop there. They had ta- they got Tommy Hunter, uh, you know, a nice little cheap reliever as they do. Matthew Dyer, uh, that was for Rich Hill, which left a lot of us scratching our head, like, why are you going to trade a pitcher? Um, and Rich Hill has been really good for them. Just looking up here, I think that was it. I don't think. Oh, and they and then they on on the 29th they get Austin Shenton, JT Chargos. I don't really. I, it's another reliever. I don't know too much about. Uh, they get Sean Armstrong the next day from the Orioles for nothing. Yeah, and that was the extent of their deadline. So I mean, really, the the big thing here is they lose Rich Hill. They get Nelson Cruz. Very raised way of doing business, <laughs> buying and selling at the same time, and somehow it works out for them most of the time. What do you guys think of their deadline? Oh, and Jordan Luplo. Sorry, I lost. I left him out. They did acquire him. There's so many trades. I'm still scrolling through here. They did acquire him. Yeah, they acquired him on on draft day. I mean, you you're, you're said it right there, man. I mean, they also White Sox acquired Davy Grullon from the Rays, which is another catcher. Uh, not sure exactly who they got back, but the the Rays were very busy this trade season. Um, but and they also traded away Diego Castillo, which I thought you might have mentioned, but I wasn't 100 percent sure. Uh, yeah yeah so so they got rid of guys they bring in guys and and it's and it's working to their favor i mean the fact that they got a big bat like nelson cruz i mean that a team that usually aren't like you mentioned they're usually sellers and trying to uh rebuild and retool for next season they're also going trying to go for the jugular uh and now they have the red sox within striking distance yeah 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 They, they actually took over first place i believe Oh, snap. Yeah, that's uh, a half game, so whoever wins tonight still has it. But uh, we're going to get into the AL East when we get into winners and losers. I think it is very, very clear, all four teams, where they stand on that. But um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Rays did what they had to do within within the way that they do it and mentioned the Rich Hill trade, Mets acquire Rich Hill. Um, by the way, if you're in the comments section, absolutely feel free to respond as we get to your team let us know what you thought about them we already talked about the Braves uh we talked about the Rays now we're on to the Mets the Mets acquire Rich Hill July 23rd uh they had some minor deal 
What's that? I do not like that deal for them at all. I'm not a big Rich Hill guy. I know he just arrived in Tampa, but it seems to be an outlier at all times. Carlos Rincon was the day before. I don't consider that a major deal. Mark Payton, they acquire, also not a major deal. And then on deadline was the big crown for them. Henry and I called it uh, last week. I said the Mets in the 11th hour were going to make a big move along with the Red Sox. Red Sox did it the night before. Mets actually did it in the 11th hour. They get Javi Baez and Trevor Williams, uh, and they trade Pete Crow Armstrong, who's a pretty big prospect for them, who I like, don't love. Um, but obviously, Henry, we'll start with you. This is your tribe. Javi Baez, what did you think of this trade? I like the Javi Baez trade for them. I think he adds incredible depth. I think he adds an excitement to that team. And I think he'll help Lindor. They'll help one another. Their feet. But they didn't get the third baseman they needed. They didn't get starting pitching depth, which they needed. I'm sorry, Rich Hill is not going <laughs> to fill that void. And then Jacob deGrom goes on the IL the very next day after the deadline. Yeah. So I, I think the Mets, I don't want to call them losers, but they're not winners when it comes to this deadline. I didn't like what they did outside of that Javi Baez deal. Yeah, Felipe, I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I certainly – they didn't – they weren't losers. Um, but I also don't think they were winners, especially in like – you got all this momentum, right, from this new owner. You had a huge offseason. You put yourself – you're the division leader. Uh, you put yourself into sort of this now expectation land with your fans. And then you have this deadline. I mean, Javi Baez is a nice name. I don't know if he's going to change much in that lineup. I mean, he's going to go on his home run brigades and whatnot, but I didn't even really think he was a great fit. I kind of, what I like about the Mets, what I'm kind of jealous about the Mets is that they can do some sort of fundamental stuff from time to time. They're pretty good with runners in scoring position and football and play. Baez isn't really that, and maybe that's why they did it for some more thump, but the already have like Pete Alonso over there. So I don't know, Felipe, what do you think? How does Baez impact fantasy? Because that's something I'm interested in going from Wrigley to city is, is not great. Well, I thought, yeah, that's what I thought. I always thought that City was a, was a pitcher's park. And I'm sorry, you were going to ask me something else besides that? No, I was saying, you know, from a fantasy perspective, let me know what you think of Baez. And also, you know, does this change the team dynamic for you in any sort of meaningful way? Uh, well, Baez, I mean, he is what he is at this point. Very free-swinging, high strikeout, uh, a boomer bus player. It's not going to change in New York. The one thing that might change is, you know, the whole idea that it's a, a, a new town, new team, new scenery. He's going to be with his friend, Francisco Lindor. They obviously uh, have a thing going with each other. They're both Puerto Ricans, like Henry is. Um, so that I think that should help a lot. And, 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 don't, and you know, just like Rizzo goes to New York, uh, and I don't want to mean to jump the gun, but it's, you know, I have an ethnic thing going here where he's going to a place from from a place that has a pretty sizable Italian-American community to a much bigger Italian-American community. <laughs> I think it's the same thing with Javier Baez. He's going from a, a, a town that has a, a, a decent, substantial amount of Puerto Ricans who live in, the, in Chicago going to a massive uh, fan yeah. base of Puerto Ricans in New York. Don't so, you forget it, Chicago. <laughs> New York's got bigger everything, including bigger everything. Puerto Ricans. Yeah, exactly. They should just uh, extend Baez, go get Carlos Correa, and just it'll be the WBC all over again. And Baez, all over again. <laughs> <laughs> and Baez did say that he will play uh, second base if he has to. I mean, Baez can play anywhere in the infield, second base, mm -hmm. third base. He can play center field. That's a, and that's the thing about the Mets, too. They didn't get the third baseman that Henry wants, but Baez can play third base if he needs to. Baez can play everywhere, yeah. yeah but so, Lindor's so hurt, so he, right now he's filling Lindor's shoes. Yeah, so for now, he's doing that. Jeff McNeil can also be moved around. J.D. Davis just came back from injury, it looks like. I mean, and, I, is a bum. well, he can hit. That's all that matters. That's all he can do, right. <laughs> he can hit, but yeah, he doesn't have business. 
But this is a pretty much a case of the New York Mets just falling in love with their own players. I mean, but you're right. The starting pitching is a mess, but they're under the impression that Noah Syndergaard will be back one of these days. And DeGrom is not that his injury is not that serious. And David Peterson will be back maybe soon. Oh, 60 day DL, never mind. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just that's the case with them is that they pretty much have fallen in love with their own players. And yeah, um, yeah but their bullpen's still pretty good. I think they have enough what it takes to. Uh, <clears throat> compete and bias does bring that excitement factor as well so don't underestimate that so degrom's injuries are never serious they just seem to happen more and more frequently something oh, to uh, kind of point think... out there and, and noah we expect back several times a year i think this is serious right here uh they're saying september for him that's a long they, time it, to be without your race was that really what was said I, I have him on my fantasy team, and I wow, yeah, yeah he says September, which really sucks because he was carrying my fantasy team this whole year, and now pfft, I got nothing. I didn't realize it was that serious. That sucks. That makes yeah. that and makes what the, I was saying even worse. I mean, Red Chill is not going to cut it. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> it, it, it's tricky over in. They should have got Jose Barrios and really make it the WBC. I feel similarly to the Mets that I do about the Red Sox. We'll get to them when we start getting to their transaction singular. Um, but, uh, you know, you're leading a division. You're probably somewhere that you either best case scenario expected to be or didn't expect to be at all. And then, you, you know, Avi Baez, nice signing. Kyle Schroeder's nice signing. Those aren't the guys who are going to wrap up a division for you. And the Red Sox, I'm especially disappointed in because they're usually really good at that. Um, Mets may be some uncharted territory. They haven't been used to, you know, being the top dog in the division at this yeah. point. But, uh, you know, we'll get into it. It's an interesting comparison to another team. Henry and I were just talking about before we went live. That's the San Diego Padres, another team that is not used to being in this spot, right in the thick of things. But they, again, had a monster offseason. You put yourself in the tier of expectations and World Series or bust, in my mind. I don't know. If I'm sure Padre fans don't agree with that, but I do as a Yankee fan looking at the Padres. You have to expect the World Series. It just wasn't a great year. And uh, they start with Adam Frazier, and that was fantastic, right? Like anyone who got Adam Frazier was improving their lineup because that's a guy who just doesn't exist very much in MLB anymore. They give up Marcano, who's the big, you know, and Mitchell Miliano and Jack Swinski. A pretty good package, but again, they didn't touch their top dogs, and they got Adam Frazier anyway from the Pirates. And then after that, it was Daniel Hudson uh, and Jake Marisnik. And, you know, those guys aren't going to – for Anderson Espinosa, by the way, for like the 20th time I feel like he's been traded. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that those aren't significant. And in that time was when the Dodgers went and made some, some massive, massive moves. So, you know, how do we feel about the Padres? I, I put them in the same category as the Mets. I don't think they lost the deadline because they did get Frazier. They did something – but they definitely didn't win it. They fell behind the Giants and the Dodgers in this case, and and that's that's not where you want to be post deadline with no waivers. I mean, the Padres should be fine. I mean, they I think it's the same thing with the Mets, but the Padres are actually have a better team in terms of the roster construction. Uh, it, it was just to tweak their lineup, and Jake Cronenworth should still be playing everywhere because that was a big concern. Well, if you get Adam Frazier, where does Jake Cronenworth, uh, where does he play? And the answer is anywhere that he wants. He can play shortstop, he can play third base, he can play second base, he can play outfield if he needs to. And with a Tatis out, 
cornerbooks, your starting shortstop. Not many teams have that luxury. Uh, Marisnik, you mentioned, uh, that's just the bench piece that they needed because if you were to get an actual starter, who do you bench? Tommy Pham, Trent Grisham, Will Myers makes a lot of money to sit in the bench. I don't think so. So they needed, they felt they, they, they did the moves they felt they needed to do. And I don't think they gave up too much to acquire that depth uh, that they were looking for. So I, I think they'll be fine. I think they're straight losers at this deadline. <laughs> I, I just, I, Jake Marisnik is, is a bum. He's just, he's the bum. And I get it. He's, he's depth. I get it. But you're trying to keep up with the Giants. You're trying to keep up with the Dodgers. And this is not going to move the needle. This is not going to uh, do it. The comment section seems to kind of like, I think, the Padres deadline, maybe more reciting with Felipe than you and I, Henry. Um, but at the same time, good point from Sean. I know he's a Dodgers fan, but uh, – and then Tatis goes down. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going down with an injury that we thought was very, very serious when it first happened. Yep. Um, so uh, re- any sort of re-aggravation to me is a giant red flag. Uh, and it's his shoulder, which is also inherently a giant red flag. So – I'm a little nervous if I'm a Padres fan right now. You know you got you lost the deadline to your to your rival, and on top of that, then your best player goes down. And on top of that, as Sean's pointing out, Blake Snell's been terrible. So one of your offseason uh, transactions been bad. Uh, and then there's Henry Sun coming in, thinking they had a fantastic deadline. So what? Sun doesn't know <laughs> what he's talking about. <laughs> well, you guys forget that the Padres are loaded as well, just like the Dodgers are. I know that Sean is a Dodgers fan, and he he has a little bit of bias towards his farm, uh, team's farm system. But the Padres are also uh, one of the better farm systems the last couple of years. Yeah, it, It's the whole idea, right, Vince, that we talk about, well, here comes the Cavalry uh, in the form of minor league players, which is really hard to uh, justify – trusting those youngers, youngsters to put your team over the top. But on this club, it's not like the Brave situation where they are in desperate need for these guys to really show up and do something. For the Padres, they don't need to. They don't need to depend on these guys to uh, carry them because there's a lot of veterans. There's a lot of uh, star power on this team still, even without Tatis. It's not the same without them, but still they, they will. They have enough depth to survive a week, two, three weeks, maybe four weeks if they have to and get them ready for the playoffs. Because uh, I think this team will make the playoffs regardless if Tatis is there or not. I think they're just too damn good. See, the, the fun part of, of the trade deadline is when you have teams that are close in the division and you're going head-to-head. And in this case, you had teams going for the same player, Max Scherzer, and mm-hmm. you lost Max Scherzer to your rival that you were already trailing. Yeah, that's brutal. And that's a big loss. And they had the farm, too. It's not like the Padres have a barren farm system. They'll believe prospects. Yeah. We're, we're willing to part with it. But I've seen that script personally. I don't like it. <laughs> there's a time when you can when you can trade not all ever not all but some of your top prospects to get you over that hump especially when you're up against a rival doing the same thing they didn't do it and uh the nls was an interesting division because all five teams had a very very clear path two <laughs> were giant sellers or supposed to be giant sellers and three were giant buyers and i think the padres arguably had the second worst deadline out of those five teams you can argue the diamondbacks with me and we'll get to the rockies when we go to i forgot about the diamondbacks yeah so did they and uh and we'll get to the rockies when when we talk about winners and losers um but to me the padres did not have as good of a deadline as the giants didn't have as good of a deadline as the dodgers and those were your other buyers in that division let me, let me just say this about the Dodgers. I mean, they're like I said, they're just as loaded. I mean, it's an arms race. It's not a division race. It's a, it's a freaking arms race out in the West, and we talked about this plenty of yeah. times during the season. But with the acquisition of Max Scherzer, that's just to get 
a body in their starting rotation because they are missing a lot of people in their rotation, in their uh, in their lineup, in on their roster. It's uh, a big body, though. I mean, yeah, that's because they had to. That's why they had to up the ante a little bit because they have nobody. I mean, I'm looking at the at the roster right now. It's Max Scherzer, Julio Rios, and Walker Buehler as their top three. They have nobody else, so they're probably going to depend on a couple of bullpen games to get them by because everybody's hurt. Uh, and yeah. then they acquired. They also acquired Danny Duffy uh, as well. Uh, I, like and, I think that's a great sign for them. Yeah, but it's still Danny Duffy. I mean, it's, I know, <laughs> you I never think know what to expect from him. You're you're arguing from where are the teams going into the deadline compared to where are they now? The Padres had a had a high floor, uh, and they didn't really raise their ceiling all that much. But the Dodgers were very bang. The Dodgers had to do something major with Bauer in total. You know, we have no idea what's happening. If nothing else, put it that way. They had to replace Trevor Bauer, so they had to get a guy like Max Scherzer, and they did. So yeah, good for them, they did. But yeah. that's just so they can keep up with the Padres. It's you know, and now and they're going like to be, be to, evenly matched for the rest of the year. To Sean's point, and as a David Price fantasy owner, they do have David Price still there. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! Suddenly we're yeah, Danny yeah. Price believers over here. Okay, guys. Yeah. <laughs> now that he won his World Series ring and erased his entire stigma of being a career choker, I have no idea if he's ever going to do that again. But. <laughs> Uh, he is a warm body. So hey, let's get to speaking of warm bodies. This team never seems to keep them long. This was supposed to be a seller. And unlike the Rockies, they really were. That's the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, the Pirates were involved in that and Frazier trade leaves. So they, they got some good prospects there. Then they go and they trade Clay Holmes uh, to the Yankees. And they get Hoyjun Park, Yankee fan Favorite Hoi Jun Park, the guy who never had a dumb Yankee fan. Yeah, he had a, a career sub 700 OPS until the ju- the balls were juiced. Now all of a sudden he's nice. he's an all star. Um, <laughs> anyway, Hoi Jun Park, the Padre, uh, Pirates immediately call him up. He starts for them. Then they go and they flip Tyler Anderson to the Phillies. They get Christian Hernandez and Abraham Gutierrez. They flip uh, Austin Davis to the Red Sox. They get Michael Chavis, which that kind of surprises me that he fell that far to, to go for a reliever. And then they, of course, we mentioned Sherry Richard Rodriguez to the Braves to get uh, future failure Bryce Wilson and Ricky DeVito. Cracked <laughs> me up by the, the Bra- like the Braves give you one of their shitty prospects. There's not a chance in hell that they're going to thrive in Pittsburgh. Um, and then Abraham Gutierrez they get for Braden Oval uh, and another trade with the Phillies on deadline day. So I mean, I don't think any of these guys they got are like blue chips necessarily, except maybe the one guy on the Padres deal. But they got some organizational depth, and that's kind of what the Pirates have to do. And sometimes those guys end up hitting like 300 over there randomly, and then they flip them again for some more prospects. So sounds about right. I mean, Pirates did what I expected, I guess, and that got good or bad. I'm just excited that they're going to let Park play the rest of the season so the, the stupid Yankee fans can just shut the fuck up about trading him. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm, and let's get into that. But let's get into that world right now. And that is the New York Yankees. Uh, if you hated, you know, I, I would be the first one to admit I was very, very low on Brian Cashman this season. After the winter he had, and it's not all his fault because he was under payroll ramifications not have been over but i was not a fan of brian cashman going we into that we did not agree on this for sure uh-uh yeah you were you were definitely defending him i was not a fan even in season moves didn't like giving up guys for odor who didn't need to be you know that didn't need to happen all sorts of stuff of course the door's playing well now um 
The Pirates, and this just further pissed me off. They go, the Yankees acquire Clay, Clay Holmes, who's like a mid-five ERA guy, pitched a clean inning, of course, his, his debut yesterday. Uh, and they give up Clark. Fine. You know, Park, I'm also not a big fan of, but the principle of the matter annoyed me. Then they go and they basically give away Louis Sessa and, and Justin Wilson. Now, Justin Wilson is addition by he's been terrible this year and we have like 17 other lefties in the bullpen so that was nothing uh dump the, the the collateral damage was louis sessa 282 era that's a guy who eats innings the rest of our relievers seem to not be more than one any guys anymore i did not like that it thinned out a bullpen that has been unreliable all since june um so the yankees are off to a terrible terrible start in my mind in this deadline and then july 29th comes which may go down as you know, the best day of my deadline life in the last three years. <laughs> they acquired Joey Gallagher, who, again, I'm not like an Angeli Rodriguez. <laughs> and they give away – this is the reason I like it. I'm not a huge Gallo guy for this team because it, it's a lot more of the same, although the more I kind of get into his peripherals, the more I like it, right? He plays good defense. He's good with runners in scoring position. Uh, he's pretty athletic. He can play center field. He can play multiple positions. I like all that about him. I didn't like that he's like a 216 hitter and he's an all or nothing guy. He's really a three outcomes guy. But this is why I liked it. And Henry, we'll get your opinion to this point too. Um, they trade Glenn Otto, Ezekiel Duran, Josh Smith, and Trevor Culver, all four of whom are having fantastic seasons in AAA. The Yankees, by the way, if you don't follow their AAA system, if you don't follow, sorry, their farm system, they're having a hell of a year. The miners, right? Like all of their teams are in first place or close to it. And they've got a lot of these second-tier guys having magical seasons. Those four being four of them, but not a single one of them is a top prospect. I know that uh, two of them, I think, made like six and eight in the system, but not not huge prospect guys. And uh, and they're all blocked. <laughs> There's better prospects. And so I think two of them are rule five guys. Yes, and this is the other thing. If you're not a Yankee fan, you're not going to know this. The Yankees, I think, had eight to ten Rule 5 guys who they needed to cover, and there was no room on the 40 men going into July, going into that excessive trade and whatnot. So Cashman had two goals. One was to clear as many Rule 5 guys as possible, and two was to protect his top prospects because we do need those. And he does that with that trade, and that's the part I liked. Henry, I think you like Joey Gallo more than me, so why don't you uh, – I think I like Joey Gallo a hell of a lot more than you. you I, I kept trying to convince you that Joey Gallo is an improvement for this team, um, not only offensively, but defensively. And I get it. The hitter profile, everyone looks at batting average. I wish we would step out of the 1990s and stop looking at batting average already. Not for this team. Joey Gallo is a, a, a damn near perfect fit for this team once you minus a few other pieces. He's lefty. He's fantastic yes. on defense. He can play all three deep, um, outfield positions. And he's Italian. I mean, I, I was, I'm shocked you didn't come on with the WBC Italian hat, the big eye, you know. But, like, Joey Gallo for this team. Just you wait. <laughs> Just you wait. Joey Gallo for this team was a perfect fit. And I don't want to say we gave up nothing for him, but we gave up nothing for him. Yeah. Uh, the, none of those guys are going to move. You know, hey, maybe. And maybe we didn't pay gonna... the rest of his salary. Yes, and that was something that came out later. Um, I agree with you in, in two ways. One is Gallo was better than what the Yankees had, which was nothing. I mean, they had a negative war on the season in left field. Now they have Joey Gallo as like a four war, so that is great. Two, we later find out Cashman covers the salary, but the main thing is Gallo's covered through next year. I like that too, and then give up anything. 
So in the, in that sense, it was fine. Uh, I do think batting average is important for the Yankees in particular, just because they've got a bunch of OPS guys uh, and they're just so dumb. And Joey Gallo didn't really fix that. Although I did find out later he's pretty good with runners and scoring positions. So there's that. But the next, later that day at nighttime, and Felipe, you're going to want to weigh in here as well. The Yankees made a move I wanted them to make last year and this past winter and again at this deadline. Uh, and that was they acquire Anthony Rizzo. Literally, if you talked to me last winter, going into this winter, there were three guys. I really, really wanted one of these three. Freddie Freeman, who's probably going to stay with the Braves, Anthony Rizzo, or Corey Seager. Uh, those were the three guys on my list. Sign one, Once Lindor went, sign one of those three guys next winter. I'll be happy. They get a head start with Rizzo. What does Rizzo do? He homers his first game. He homers his second game. He has a clutch hit this game, opposite field single, which almost makes me more wet than a home run. And, uh, and they give up Kevin Alcantara and Alexander Vizcaino, who Alcantara might be a blue chip prospect one day. Is that kind yeah. of ceiling? He is he's not right now, and he's an A-ball. So even if he is, and by the way, there's a guy named Jason Dominguez who is a blue chip prospect at A-ball ahead of him. So for me, again, this this wasn't – if Gallo was an A-minus for me, this was an A-plus. Love the Rizzo deal. It's paying immediate dividends. He shores up the infield. He plays great defense. And most of all, this stuff matters, people. He is a leader, and he knows what it takes to win. And the Yankees needed leadership in the worst way because Brett Gardner is not cutting it. Yeah, um, immediate yeah. impact. He and he gets fans excited. If yeah. you spoke to any Yankee fan that watches the games this year, they'll tell you that the Yankees are boring. And yeah. there's been more excitement in the last three days for the Yankees than I can remember all season. And then the Yankees, by the way, sweep. Yeah. <laughs> so they they haven't lost since. Uh, and Rizzo, a big part of all three of those games, he is in the tribe. That's my real favorite Italian. Uh, I, was, I was excited when that happened. Felipe, from a Cubs perspective. Uh, I know this was heartbreaking. I've seen it all around the internet. What are your thoughts? First of all, I'm curious from you too. I've had this argument a little bit, trying to be sensitive a little bit to Cubs fans. Do you think that Rizzo can possibly in any way come back at the end of the year in the Cubs? And secondly, what do you think of the trade in general? Uh, he said that it was uh, uh, somewhere on Twitter. I read that he was willing to come back to the Cubs yep. as a 33-year-old first baseman. <clears throat> <laughs> trying to kind of uh, emulate the, the Jose Abreu uh, thing that's happening on the south side of town where Abreu is still, uh, you know, winning an MVP and still producing and the leader of a very young team. I don't think the Cubs want that. Uh, I think it's 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 fool's gold. And then what? Henry posts something that Rizzo might like New York after all, and that he might just stay for a, a while longer. So who knows? I mean, this is a guy who was uh, severely underpaid. If I'm him, I'm not doing any hometown discounts. I'm not doing any sentimental favorites. Pay me right now. Yeah, I yeah. can still produce. I am a fucking leader. Sorry for the swing. But I, I mean, I love Anthony Rizzo. I really love him. And I do miss him. But it, I mean, not nothing stays forever, pony boy. Nothing, nothing is gold forever. So whoever gets up with uh, Anthony Rizzo next year, uh, they're going to get a really solid guy. You mentioned all the attributes and intangibles that he comes with it. And he's one of the more he's a perfect fit. Both guys, Gallo, who I'm representing wearing the Texas Rangers, Joey Gallo shirts yeah, today. I like it. Yeah, that uh, shout out to uh, the guy who gave it to me for the uh, Christmas uh, Secret Santa Baseball Life edition nice. a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Rizzo and Gallo is exactly what the Yankees needed. A left two left-handed bats to go with a 
right-handed dominant lineup. I mean, what's there to hate? That's what I want the Yankees to do every single year if I'm going to take them seriously as World Series contenders. Because as you know, Vince and Henry, I pick them almost every year to win the World Series or at least win that pennant. Because I just, how can you not like this lineup? How can you like this team? Even their rotation's bad, but Garrett Cole's on it. So he lifts all, you know, ships above water. And then what was your second question? I forgot already. Um. Well, I think you answered it. It was, it was, do okay. you think that Riz is going to return to the Cubs? And also, what do you think of the trade? Obviously, you like both and you don't think, I, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I just, look, I don't, I don't want to be insensitive to Cubs fans at this time, but um, I, there's no chance. And I explained this on someone's wall somewhere on Facebook. Like, you're not, you're not going to be entering your mid 30s, going to a team you know is going to be bad for probably like three years at least. And, uh, you know, Rizzo won with them. I look, I know he said, oh, I want to go down with the ship, but. Remember BJ Surhoff years ago when he left the Orioles and cried um, because, you know, his son was being pulled out of school. He had special needs and what like this is this happened. When you spend your career with a team, you're going to be very emotional in the moment. You're going to say things that are very emotional in the moment. Five seconds into being in New York, he already makes a comment about how, yeah, he's happy to be here. He can see staying here. And that's it. And I'm sorry, Cubs fans. You got played emotionally if you thought that what Rizzo was saying was 100% genuine and Bible when he was upset and shocked that he was being traded because he didn't have to be traded. Like we knew Bryant was going to go. I don't think Rizzo had to go, but he, he did. He had to go. He, he had to go. Yeah. He had to go. He was a free agent next year and he's 32 years old. I think the Cubs just want to, like you mentioned already, they wanted a fresh start. Would have been nice. I mean, he did say, I want to sink with the ship. That's. That's Anthony Rizzo. I believe that he did say that to Jed Hoyer. And Jed Hoyer's like, ah, I appreciate that, buddy. But no, nah, I think our time is up here, boy. But there's I, not enough gotta... space on the door for you, man. <laughs> there's not enough money to, to justify your salary from here on out. So Wait, wait till Anthony Rizzo finds out that New York has better Italian food than Chicago. Yeah, that's your, yeah that too. I'm not really going to want to go. He's going to try New York pizza and he's going to like, what the hell? Like, what was I thinking? I don't know about that. Rizzo grew up in Florida. I think he's used to uh, whatever, you know. Second tier pizza. Second tier pizza, <laughs> second tier Italian food. Why not? Uh, you you bring up a great point, though, and that's a point I haven't made. The, the Cubs have no incentive to bring him back. Like, they just committed to making a full rebuild, basically. They got rid of their three most beloved guys. They're not going to go back and bring him back for sentimental reasons and eat up payroll. They just freed up. It makes no sense. Yeah, you could. The Yankees, by the way, have payroll. Yankees are going to have payroll, and you, you are bringing up another good point, Felipe. He rejected five years, seventy million from the Cubs. Uh, so a he can't want to go down with a ship that badly that he wants to get his payday and rightfully so. And B Cubs aren't going to offer that. I think it's going to take a, a DJ type deal, ninety million. If you if you think it's going to be six years and they're going to pay Rizzo entirely too long, or if you think it's going to be a higher AAV because they can afford it, it doesn't matter. I I think Anthony Rizzo will be in pinstripes in twenty twenty two. And I think it's going to take that sort of money, like that mid-tier deal that LeMahieu got to do it. And I'll be fine with it. This is the window. You know, you're going to get the Dominguez's of the world in the future, but the Yankees need to win 2022 to 2024 before it's a completely different deck of cards and you have no way of controlling your future. So I, if you run the Yankees next year, then the Yankees have problems. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they added the two lefties and their Gallo's already there. You have to bring Rizzo back. You're not getting another lefty bat somewhere unless you're just going to go sign a different free agent. But why would you when Rizzo's a perfect fit? Then that means you're 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 stuck with Glaber or short then. All right. And, and that is the one sort of downside. But to Glaber's defense, I know he made an error again yesterday. Uh, he He's has been, been better. He has been better for sure. Since April or since May. 
April was terrible. No one's going to deny that. I was right here on the show with you saying that he was terrible in April and needed to move. But in, since then, he's been okay. Um, and But you're right, Henry. That is a sacrifice they're going to have to make. You're not going to have this, the, the elite defensive shortstop. But I also stumped the first baseman. I played it myself when I was playing. Uh, I think a really great defensive first baseman does improve the rest of the infield, so that'll at least help Glaber. Um, and, by the way, this wasn't mentioned yet, and I don't know how. If he forces Luke Boyd at a first base, which if it wasn't Anthony Rizzo and it was anyone, it could have been Travis Lee coming out of retirement. I still would have been thrilled that Luke Boyd's no longer the first baseman. So, oh, I'll, I'll tell you this. How many, how many teams are in baseball? 30. 30. 30 teams in baseball. Gleyber Torres ranks 31 Ooh. on outs above average with Ooh. shortstops this year. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I w- can you do that since May? I'm curious. I probably can, but he has a <laughs> but you're not going to. negative six outs above average. So I, I guarantee it's not going to be much better. For him, so. Yeah. I mean, I definitely wouldn't categorize that as a positive to signing Rizzo long term. But that said, I think the positives outweigh the negatives. Um, and, uh, and then the Yankees going to and add Andrew Haney. Say the same thing I do. If you get a guy from the Orioles or the Angels as a pitcher, just chopping a run off their ERA right off the bat. Uh, I think Haney's going to be much better than his ERA states. The peripherals back me up. Um, so, you know, whatever. He's a he's a fifth starter. He's better than what they have in fifth starter now. Huh? Haney allows us to put Cortez in the bullpen, and then he yeah. moves to the bullpen when the other guys come back. That's just that's a stopgap move. I use the term slotting a lot in MLB. He slots the pitching staff better. Cortez helps out the bullpen. He's a better fifth starter than Cortez. He's a better fifth starter than probably Michael King, who's also hurt. Um, so yeah, he, he just slots everything better. Gallus slots the lineup better, even if I don't love his profile and Rizzo really completes the lineup to me. He's a guy you can bat lead off, which they have not had great, you know, DJ's lead off hitter. I think he's being wasted there. Um, but now when DJ rests, you put him there or otherwise you bat Rizzo third and he splits up judge and stand. That's great. So that, I mean, the Yankees, I, love, I love that. Yeah. Yankees get an A at the deadline. Um, they improved substantially over the Red Sox, who they're chasing. I think they had a better deadline than the Rays. And uh, and, and we'll go back to them in a second. But let's get to the Mariners' interesting team. Um, this started as a nightmare <laughs> for everyone. Oh, boy. Um, and really, it's kind of backfiring my face short term, but I kind of warned that. So Houston Astros, their division rival, trade them. Uh, Abraham Toro Hernandez, whom I love, and Joe Smith, who is a reliever. Uh, for Kendall Graveman, the Mariners lights out sub one ERA closer, and Rafael Montero, who they had just EFA'd as another reliever. So the Astros basically are adding relievers and giving up Toro, who they don't really need that much because uh, their offense is spectacular. Now, I said I liked this trade, and I still do, um, because I thought Toro was the best player in this deal two years from now. And two years from now, that's when the Mariners are probably going to seriously consider trying to take over that division for a long time with their prospects and where they are as a, as a franchise. Now, immediately, short pit term, they lost their closer. They are in the playoff punt right now. It's not looking good for them. But they also had like a negative 17,000 run differential. So I didn't expect them to sustain it, whether they had Graven or not. And uh Graveman the, the Mariners do blow like three games in a row in the ninth inning or whatever so it, 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 it worst case scenario for them has happened I still like the trade long term Henry I know we disagreed on this a little bit 
Um, I, I'm not a big believer in the Mariners in 2021. I think that's just the biggest difference between us here. No, I'm not a big believer in them, but I think you don't rock the ship when you're winning. Yeah. And they're winning. They were in a race. And this was the most excited. If you're an M's fan, this is the most excitement you've seen in a long time. This is the first time they've been in it this late in the season in a long time. And you just trade your guy away. And immediately you saw the clubhouse was was pissed off. Everyone was angry and crying. You see the results over the weekend. It, it's it's not it wasn't a good move. It, look, you got to try this year. You got to at least show your fans that you're in it for something. You got to make a move to add to your team, not take away from your team. And this is going to blow up in their face. And I think this was a big, big mistake here. Yeah. Felipe, what do you think? It's Kendall Graveman. Who cares? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he's 30. We're not looking like it. This isn't like a young gun. It's not like the Diaz tree. More than that, it's what it represents. I, I get, right, well, I'm not talking we, about a spectacular player. Yeah. I mean, he's doing great this year. Fine. I mean, but it's Kendall Graveman. I've seen him be so awful that I, I didn't realize he was going to be pitching this long. I thought he was going to be done soon. But obviously, he found a new uh, lease on life with the Mariners and being a relief pitcher. But we talked about it with the other guys. All the other players that needed to get traded, he's one of them. He's a free agent next year, and the Mariners had no plans on keeping him long term. Even uh, DePoto, uh, Jerry DePoto said, yeah, this is a uh, uh, – what the hell was the quote? Saying something about long lines, like this is just a, a, an extension of a future a future moves that we're going to make with the with the abstract idea that, you know, the, you know trying to basically say – we had to make this move because we weren't going to pay this guy. We have a, a plan in stock here, and it doesn't involve Kendall Graven because we don't want to. We don't think he deserves that kind of money after the season. I get it, but I mean, come on, you you can't send those that, that kind of signal to your fan base that you're not trying. I mean, if they got Diego Castillo, who I think is a much better uh, reliever anyway. So, I mean, I'm a big Diego Castillo fan myself. Uh, and the fact that they were able to get him from the, the Tampa Bay Rays like that, I think it's a steal for them. Uh, I mean, he's it's it's basically replacing one for another but i just like castillo a little bit better and like you you guys are, are mentioning the mariners as a contending team there's a reason for it now who moves up on that bullpen chart paul seawalt who's also having a good season striking out 15 guys per nine innings uh with the expected era of 228 216 era i mean what more do you guys want i mean it's not like this team it's not a it's um i don't want to say subtraction by addition but everybody else is going to flourish because it's one less guy to worry about in terms of getting those saves, getting those holds, getting those relief pitching strikeouts. And that yeah. should uh, be beneficial to, like you mentioned, Henry, a very young, exciting Mariners team, like uh, to see, okay, well, your, your, your crotch, not that's not the crotch, your crotch is out. Your, your, your veteran leader is out. Show us what you can do for you, man. Too much Dong City. <laughs> yeah, Dong City, 60, <laughs> yeah. Dong City 69 episode edition. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, Felipe, you look up. They they gave up Graveman. Uh, I don't consider Montero. They gave him up anyway. But they yeah. they had Anderson and Castillo and Toro and Smith, and they gave up Graveman. I mean, that's a that's a pretty solid deadline. A long one. It's a good trade. I get it. But you, yeah. it, it's just I you, you can't send mixed signals to your family. Yeah. I under, I mean, yeah. In the moment, it was, it was, it was not helping their case. Uh, and, you know, again, they're already behind the Yankees. Um, obviously, the Yankees are behind the A's, and the A's are now behind the Red Sox, who, by the way, are losing three-one. So it looks like that's a new game and a half after today. Um, their chances of making the playoffs were very slim. They did improve, um, but I like at least that Toro's there long term. 
So. Toro's playing uh, listed as a second, a starting second baseman, so it's already paying off. They've been look, trying to look for someone to play that position for a long time now, so we'll see if Toro... But it, it's the same thing I said about the Cup fans. Mariners fans, if you didn't see this coming, the writing on the wall for this one, what, what, I, I got to question your, fa- your, your fandom on this. I mean, it's clear as day that what, we know what this was from the very beginning. Um, Graven was not here for the long term. He's not here when they're going to be good. He's not even here when they're going to... If they decide to make... Uh, sorry, not decide. If they actually make the playoffs this year, He's not part of the process. He's not part of the Jerry Depoto long-term plan of events here. So, yeah, I should add here um, because we have alluded to them earlier. The Reds, I thought, had a, a pretty shitty deadline by doing basically nothing. They acquire Michael Gibbons. They get Justin Wilson, Luis Sessa. That's a team though that is probably not making the playoffs anyway. Um, you have to pretty much win the NL Central if you're the Reds to make the playoffs because you're not winning wild card. And there's seven games behind the Brewers who have no reason really in my mind to just slow down. So neither here nor there. I just thought I'd touch on the Reds briefly. Um, let's oh, get a tough in. game yesterday. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into one of the sexy trades that happened July 28th. So we're not quite at the deadline. Starling Marte, a rental from the Marlins, Derek Jeter's Marlins, goes to the Oakland Athletics, really for the Athletics, Again, another team I feel like didn't do enough, um, but at least they did something. Oakland A's get Starling Marte. Uh, they give up Jesus Lazardo, which is, to me, a substantial. I don't know if they have something on his, you know, physical background or something they hate, but that is a lot to pay for Starling Marte. And to finish up the A's before we kind of speculate on them, they also acquire Andrew Chapin, whatever. Um, and Jan Gomes and Josh Harrison was deadline day. They don't give up much in general. None of those. I mean, Jan Gomes is one of those catchers who I think, you know, he's like a Kirk Suzuki type where I think he can have some nice hits and, and he's a leader and, and that's great and all. Josh Harrison, fine utility. I mean, none of these guys are bad signings. I don't think any of these guys move the needle that much. Marte is really nice with the rental and they give up Lizardo. I, I don't know. I don't think Oakland had a bad deadline, but I definitely don't put them in a, in a winner tier. I really like what they did. I think the pieces they acquired fit them perfectly. I mean, they're not big names that are going to move the needle, but I think the guys that they got are perfect for that roster, and they're going to get the maximum uh, effort out of them. And Jan Gomes replaces what? Um, Boyd? Okay. Mm. You, let me phrase it to you this way. Um, the Oakland A's right now are four and a half behind the Astros mm-hmm. and they're leading the Yankees by two and a half in the wild card race. Do you think that their situation gets worse? You guys, uh, uh, so you're asking me or Henry? No, sorry. I was asking Henry. Um, well, Henry, I want to. Yeah, Felipe, why don't you jump in here? Do you yeah. the A's right now are the second wild card? They're two and a half ahead of the Yankees, who are on the outside looking in. They're four and a half behind the Astros for the West. Do you think that their situation changes at all? It looks a little bit better. I mean, the AL is a little bit tougher than the NL. It's um, I think there's more teams involved, uh, and the AL least alone that 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 clogs up a, a spot or two for the A's. Um, so I think it might be one of those situations where they have to catch the Astros if they want to make the playoffs, like you mentioned with the Reds. But it does look better. I mean, I'm looking at the lineup right now. Mark Kenna is at leading off. Starling, Starling Marte is the second uh, hitter, number two, uh, in front of Matt Olson, who's just having an awesome season. But then yeah. Jed Lowry's a cleanup hitter. Ramon Laureano is struggling. 
the only good thing that comes out of this is that Sean Murphy can take a break here and there now that Jan Gomes is a legitimate backup catcher to him because Murphy's been really struggling this year uh, with the bat and uh, playing almost exclusively every day, one of the more um, uh, reliable catchers in fantasy because he just simply goes out there every day and plays. However, he doesn't give you much production because <laughs> he might be tired or exhausted or, or just trying to figure out how to maximize a very... I still say a very mediocre starting rotation on paper. Now, results-wise, that rotation's doing wonders. Getting it done. And uh, there's a reason why Luzardo, uh, that's why I want to talk about, but there's a reason why Luzardo was traded. If Luzardo would have lived up anywhere close to his expectations that everybody had for him uh, from the very beginning, since you know he uh, broke into the scene as a hot topic prospect, there's no chance on God's green earth that Luzardo gets traded for anything. Yeah. But he is struggling. The velocity is still there, but you know he's miss- He's not missing uh, bats. Uh, hitters are not falling for any of his uh, breaking pitches or his or any of his outside the strike zone pitches. And worst of all, they're making contact, which for a shutdown lefty pitcher, whether he's a starter or a reliever, that's not what you want. You you that was supposed to be their ace in the future, and he doesn't look anywhere near an ace uh, material right now. So I think that that. Uh, was the reason why they decided, you know what, let's just go and solidify our offense and see what happens. And good luck to the Mar- uh, Mar- uh, sorry, the Marlins, Mar- Mariners, Marlins. Good luck to the Marlins and see if they can develop uh, him, which if you yeah. guys have been paying attention to the Marlins, they've done a pretty decent job in developing their starting pitcher. So yeah, don't give up on Luzardo just yet, but he wasn't going to cut it with, them, uh, with the A's anymore. Yeah, and he replaces Zach Gallon, who they, who they just traded last year, so. Uh, yeah, Marlins, I think, know what they're doing over there. I, I Again, Henry and I are for like a year and a half now, and I, I know you guys have been pretty big on them too at times. Um, we were really high on, on how that organization is progressing, what they're doing and, and how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Let's get into uh, – I'm going to do a, some quick recap, and then we're going to get into winners and losers so we can, we can have a finale here. Uh, Toronto goes on to acquire Brad Hand. They give up Riley Adams, which many feel was a – Colossal overpay um, to the Nationals. The Brewers, we talked on them. They acquire Eduardo Escobar. Um, they give up a couple of prospects, including Albert Cyprian. Uh, Marlins also trade uh, Yimmy Garcia's guard Garcia. They get two prospects back there. The White Sox, we haven't talked about them yet. Cesar Hernandez. Uh, they acquire him for Connor Pillington. Pilkington. The Nationals, we'll get back to where I going to save the monster trade for the last one. But the Nationals also get Aldo Ramirez, who's a nothing prospect from the Red Sox, with Kyle Schwarber, who's injured and coming back. And the Red Sox, will, they can catch kind of that lightning in the bottle he had earlier in the year. And by the way, he's going to play first base, which he hasn't, he's done once, I think, in his career. So um, probably not the first baseman if you're a Red Sox fan you were looking for was Kyle Schwarber. But, uh, you know, that bat can get hot. We fully admit that. Ryan Tapera and Craig Kimbrell, the big acquisitions for the White Sox. So the White Sox basically redo the entire back of their bullpen, you know, lead in bullpen. Um, the Cubs we haven't touched on, and that I'd like to get to. So let's get into winners and losers. We end on the deadline, sorry. Jose Barrios also acquired. Adam Duvall we touched on. Craig Kimbrell we touched on. Jay Happ, most boring old white guy possible, goes to the Cardinals. Very Cardinals move there. Um we talked about the on Gomez deals, Miles Straw goes, John Curtis goes, Joaquin Soria also goes to the Blue Jays to join Brad Hand. So they're trying to capitalize that mid 30s market. Vince, that was the other deal I was talking about earlier. Okay. Soria, yeah, they nothing there. Hansel Robles goes to the Red Sox. So they're trying to make a more boring trade than Torber. <laughs> they accomplish that. 
Uh, John Lester, speaking of old white guys, again, the Cardinals acquire, so they didn't want to just be outdone by a half. I uh, can't make this up. Chris Bryant, big trade, goes to the Giants. Uh, Canario and, and Killian going back there. Austin also gets Austin Davis for Michael Chavis. We talked on that. Um, and then we go even further to Kyle Gibson. I was actually excited to see where he went. Then I found out the Phillies acquired him with Ian Kennedy. Good trade, but that's the Phillies. Nice yeah, that's a nice Yeah, move. I liked it. They gave up Spencer Howard, which is a nice get for Texas as well. Um, but that said, I just I I don't I don't believe in anything the Phillies do long term because they seem to tread water at all times. Eddie Rosario goes for Pablo. We touched on that. Giants in the last second get their reliever, Tony Watson. Um, they give up a slew of prospects. And then that was really the, the main thing we talked about the bias trade. So let's talk about teams here. And, you know, I'll just kind of go around to the teams here that are really the most important. We talked about the Pirates. The Diamondbacks, I don't think, did enough. They gave away Escobar. I don't know if you guys feel strongly about anything with the Diamondbacks, but the real team here I wanted to talk about that should have been a seller and wasn't. We talked about them a little bit earlier. The Colorado Rockies are the biggest losers to me of this entire deadline. They may have set that franchise back several years by not trading Trevor Story, not trading Charlie Blackman, not even kicking the tires on trading Marquez, who I know has some more control than those guys. Years I'm talking about it. There is no excuse for it. There's no re I don't care what the market said. Those guys were worth. They're now worth less than that because you're getting a pick for them instead of whatever is being offered. They overplayed their hand with story by waiting until the 11th hour. Once the other position guys went like Chris Bryant ate up all these teams. I could have had Trevor story. The Rockies failed. And this is why they're a terrible franchise. They failed so miserably at this deadline. It's worse than any buyer in my mind. How do you guys feel about the Colorado Rockies and weighing on the Diamondbacks? If you I, I totally agree with you. I think the, the Rockies laid a massive egg. And it kills me because you see John Gray not being moved. Daniel Bard not being moved. And it's Sweet. funny. You look at the Mets. The Mets got Red Show. I, you put John Gray on the Mets, and that's a better deal for them. Mm-hmm. Like, the Rockies got nothing back for Trevor Story. They, they didn't do anything on trying to get rid of that Charlie Blackman contract. I, I don't know what happened. That, that's a fireable offense, in my opinion. I'm sorry. Agree. Well, you can't fire the guy. He just got hired. You got to <laughs> fire him. You, you got to be able to recoup some assets for for these guys that are leaving for nothing. And you got to try to move that Charlie Blackman contract. Were they trying, or were they just uh, content to having him around because of loyalty issues? And well, he's already under contract, so we might as well see. We'll keep him around for a little longer because whatever reason, maybe next year he'll be better. Who knows? Laughs uh, and Nolan Arenado. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, the, that's the thing. Maybe they didn't want to get the same crappy prospects they got in the Nolan Arenado, Arenado deal. Who knows? Uh, it's just kind of funny that they just, they just hired this guy, and now you want him to get fired already. And it's like that's uh, a fireable offense. I'm sorry, get nothing back. That's just funny. Um, Felipe, I think that the Nolan Arenado deal really did make them, make them gun shy as an organization. I, they got blasted for what they got in that deal, and then they did even less with Trevor Story. It's like mind blowing to me that that could happen, but uh, terrible. Yeah, it's yeah, terrible. no, it's I think that's might have been what happened is that they uh, didn't want to get be the laughing stock again for not getting what they would. Basically, they saw what the Cubs did with Chris Bryant, and they saw the prospect that they were the Cubs were getting in return. They're like, ah, I think we'll just we'll just stick to our guns here for a little bit. 
Um, I, I honestly don't like that Chris Bryant deal to the Giants. Uh, I, don't I just, yeah. the, but it was a desperation move for the Cubs. They got, like you said, oh, well, here's something we got in return so we can show our fan base that we weren't asleep at the wheel. Well, this is the opposite end. I mean, they, yeah. they probably didn't like the offers that were made for Trevor Story because everybody was trying to buy low on Trevor Story. So they said, all right, well, screw it. We'll just stick him with us and see what happens in the offseason. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah but, I, if you're going to move. There's Go a ahead. deadline full of, of guys that every team wants arms and you have Daniel Bard and you have John Gray and, and you're telling me those guys that didn't get Scherzer and those guys that didn't get some of the other pictures, they couldn't offer up anything for Bard and, and, and Gray. I just, it's, it's such. There is no, there is no reason for it. It, it was total incompetence. Uh, and, and let's, you, you know, Felipe, you touched on the Brian trade. Let's flip it. Chicago Cubs, I, you know, I, I praised them a little bit earlier. They had a fantastic, in my mind, they had a great deadline. They did what they were supposed to do. But here's the full list. Bryce Ball, Greg Diekman, Daniel Valencia, Kevin Alcantara, Alexander Vizcaino, Bailey Horn, Cody Hewer, Nick Madrigal, Alexander Canario, Caleb Killian, Anderson Espinoza, Pete Crow Armstrong, 12 prospects they acquire at this deadline, gutting their team, essentially. Uh, but it was a team that was going nowhere and was needing to be paid all next year. 12 prospects the Chicago Cubs get. The Colorado Rockies had probably not as strong of pieces, but almost there. I, I mean, if the Cubs had A pieces to trade, the Rockies had B pieces to trade. And the Rockies get essentially two prospects. And none of them were elite prospects. And the Cubs got, I would say, at least three you can make an yeah. argument for it like three to five it was a fantastic the cubs had a fantastic fantastic deadline you're not gonna it's not instant gratification i get that but they had a great deadline they did what they were supposed to do yeah they got they got the quantity they got they want they were looking for they because if you're a team like that has been trying to uh compete for the last what is it now uh six seven seasons yeah you're gonna you're gonna uh, dry up the uh, farm system pretty quickly yeah. and pretty dry so for that they added depth they added some uh big pieces but they weren't anything like big names aside from maybe uh who the heck was i thinking about i like uh, kevin alcantara i really do i think he might have been the best one top 100 guys in there you know if things, yeah. if things break right yeah yeah the chris bryant though i mean that one's i i just saw i'm looking at, at the prospects that they got back from the giants and it's like what the hell this is yeah, your former like mvp you this is your former mvp this is the whole reason why you decided to keep this guy trapped in the minor leagues just so they can get another year of him so he can come back uh, on his walk year and get just some guys some warm bodies some some fillers <laughs> what is the point to all this what is the point to manipulating this nonsense if you're if you're, you're if you're not going to sign these guys long term you're not gonna and, and at the end you're not even gonna get any legitimate prospects in return this but at least we got rid of the guys i need to get, get be gotten rid of but again from a rocky's perspective i'm, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt which you can't you can't but if you try Again, maybe they didn't get the offers that they were looking for. Maybe they they Trevor Story struggling was was the worst thing that could have happened to them uh, because now they're they're now they're like you, you guys mentioned. Maybe they're gun shy on getting rid of a guy like Trevor Story, who at one point was one of the premier shortstops in all of baseball, regardless if he plays in Colorado or not. And all of a sudden, you're getting peanuts for him from all the other thirty uh, twenty nine teams yeah. who are just. Uh, uh, sniffing the blood in the water. Uh, James, is, by the way, is, is killing James Handeboden is uh, is killing them in the comments section right now. The fact the Nationals sold the Rockies didn't says all you need to know about the Rockies. 
Back. With the the NL East, and that's still at a chance, but they chose to sell. The Rockies have no shot at all, which is true. Which is uh, weird because they, uh... they probably don't have any shot next year, and they probably don't have any shot the year after that either. Um, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I look, I, I agree that I don't, I don't think the market gave the Rockies what they wanted, mm-hmm. but that that's free market for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you. It's still better than a draft pick, and quite frankly. The Rockies had a lot of prospects right now, especially hitting prospects in that ballpark who have not panned out the way they expect. So I have no faith they can develop talent. I have no faith they can acquire talent. Now I have no faith they can sell talent either. So (laughs) they've got nothing going for them after this deadline. Yeah, it's it's a big mess. I mean, we 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 say it all the time that they're probably easily the worst run franchise at the moment, which is ironic because they got the All Star game uh, this year by default. And, and Sean Rosario point, pointed that out too. I think the Rockies are now the worst franchise in MLB. They passed the yeah. Pirates, and they, you know, the Mets passed them a, a while ago. The but. Orioles have something to celebrate. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, going to say the Orioles. The Orioles every offseason for the last three or four winters, I would get to the Orioles for my fantasy baseball research, and I just wanted to a question my existence. When and now the Orioles look much better, and the Rockies are uh, they're a pain to watch now. So. Yeah. Um, I will but, say that, like Felipe mentioned, uh, Jed Hoyer got lucky that he acquired all the other talent and all the other trades. Because if you look at the Chris Bryant deal by itself, that's not a good trade. No, it's yeah. It's, and let's do that. So the, you know, the White Sox. I think we can actually skip. The White Sox are very surgical. They went out, they got Kimball, they got Tapera, they gave up some prospects, including Madrigal, but they replaced Madrigal with uh, Cesar Hernandez. So that that was it. That was basically a really good deal. Really good deals by the White Sox. Yeah, but, they have the best the best bullpen in the game. For sure. Yeah, they they already had a good bullpen. Now it's great. They already have a good rotation, and like Felipe said in the beginning of the show, they're getting their two best hitters back. So the White Sox did what they had to do. Uh, we talk about the Giants. Controversial is, I guess, one way of putting it. Uh, what the Giants did at this deadline was basically they got Chris Bryant and Tony Watson, and they gave up five prospects to do it. Um, I'm a little confused because. I thought Joey Bart was in one of these deals, but did that not end up happening? Nope. Joey Bart stays. Okay. That's amazing. So they gave up Sam Selman, Yvonne Alexander Armstrong, Jose Marte, Alexander Canario, and and Caleb Killian for Chris Bryant and Tony Watson. I'm not (laughs) the biggest Chris Bryant fan, and he has cooled off since that hot April and May. Mm. Uh, Tony Watson's fine. Look, I'm going to get – it'd be hypocritical for me to criticize the Padres and then not criticize the Giants. Brian's nice and all, but the Dodgers, who we're going to get to, just changed the entire, like, construction of their roster. You can't walk away with Tony Watson and Chris Bryant in my mind. Although, look, I've been, I've been wrong every step of the way about the Giants this season, so that's the defense <laughs> I'll get to. But I have been wrong all of the time about the Giants this year. I don't know. Would you guys feel like it, it again? It's unsexy moves to me, but that is the San Francisco Giants. So I don't, you know, do you agree? Do you Chris Bryant going to the Giants reminds me a lot of Evan Longoria going to the Giants a couple of years ago. So uh, except that Longoria, I, feel, I believe he was more locked up uh, contractually. Uh, Bryant's a free agent next year. Um, you you only had to give up some low level prospects. I mean, Canary is okay, but he's not like he's not a world beater. He's not he's not you know torching the minors. Uh, and he's definitely nowhere to be found in the top 100, top 110. But like as I always mentioned on these lists, it's dynamic. It's not static. So maybe next year Canario will move up. Who knows? Killian, though. I don't know what the hell the hell is Killian. Uh, 
he he's in double a he's 24 years old he has he's kind of lanky but he's tall but he doesn't do anything spectacularly solid solid pitcher but nothing to write home about uh and for and again my thing is this is a guy who's a former former mvp but he has been struggling a lot in the last two or three seasons so again you know, you 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 manipulated the service time for what for for this for two, right. whatever prospects. Um, you got an so extra year for nothing. You got an extra yeah. year for nothing. You're, you didn't resign him. You didn't you didn't buy all his arbitration years. You ended up having to pay him a shit ton of money to keep him around and keep him happy, and, and you traded him to the Giants so you wouldn't have to deal with Scott Boris anymore. Congratulations, Cubs. You played yourselves. Uh, but Tony Watson, I, I I'm like, wait, didn't, don't they already have Tony Watson? Oh no, he was gone and now he's back it's a boomerang effect here so uh, so basically what the giants did is they got a bunch a couple of guys that uh, people are familiar with you know it's a a little bit of home cooking is so to speak there but if it's their team well those parts fit yeah oh that's a good question the misfit toys since 2010 the the giants Um, well at the very least they don't longer have to depend on a ragtag team of of outfielders and whenever Longoria gets hurt at third base, Chris Bryant can just move in because you know Longoria's going to get hurt. hurt. He is hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So there you go. That's why they had to do what they had to do. And then Tony Watson, just a solid veteran, uh, is already penciled in as a mid relief pitcher. So he doesn't have to do as much like he did the first time around when he was with the, was when he was with the Giants. So <sighs> depth pieces, right? That you guys talked about it. We talk about it this whole time. This yeah. adds more depth to the bullpen. And with Chris Bryant, if he cuts back any any like high performance out of Chris Bryant, this could be the steal of the draft, but everything that about Chris Bryant suggests that there's something wrong with them and no one can figure it out what it is. And the Cubs saw firsthand what the market was for him. And all they got was a bunch of 20 year old prospects who we don't know what, we don't know what the hell they are. Yeah, absolutely true. Um, Let's go to two more buyers, two more sellers and, and one rant. Uh, I (laughs) touched on the Boston Red Sox. The reason that if I'm a Red Sox fan, I'd be so upset is not just, you know, Kyle Bloom was never going to blow his load like the OFC did in Chicago for, uh, for a quick fix, right? The Red Sox really shouldn't have been competing this year. They've kind of been blessed with the fact their window might have opened a year early. Um, he wasn't going to give up top prospects. Red Sox, quite frankly, they have a better farm system now. It's got a few top 100 guys, but they don't have a, this unbelievably deep, robust farm system where they're going to cut it. But Kyle Schwarber playing first base is is not, you know, that's a misfit. Um, that's not, that doesn't make any sense. Robles is not shoring up the bullpen. Um, and, and it's as guys like Adam Adovino are starting to really come down to earth. You have all your eggs in the in the Chris Sale basket as far as I'm concerned with the rotation because guys like Nate Valdi are starting to come back to earth. Garrett Richards already came back to earth. Um, they're hitting innings limits. Eduardo Rodriguez has been terrible since April. I mean, there's a lot of red flags on these Boston Red Sox. Ansel Robles isn't going to fix that, neither is Kyle Schwarber. And the reason that that really has to sting if you're a Red Sox fan, as you fall out of first place, by the way, since the trade deadline, is that the AL East, we talked about the Yankees, we talked about the Rays, and then you have the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays were in fourth place. Like this, they were over 500, but they didn't need to go into this big, you know, this big uh, trade fest. And what do they do? They give away TJ Zook for, for cash, which is fine. Uh, basically, they freed up a lot of payroll in the week leading up to it. And then what they do is they acquire Brad Hand, Jose Barrios, and Joaquin Soria. 
They rebuilt the back of their bullpen with old guys. And then they had a number two server, which they really needed since the winter. Now all of a sudden they've got pitching. Their hitting is finally healthy. George Springer is finally back and producing. Uh, and they give up, I think, a shitload. Riley Adams, Austin Martin, and Simeon Woods Richardson's a lot for what they got back. But that's a team now that has gone and tried, and that's more than the Red Sox can say. And now the Red Sox have to deal with the fact three of their rivals got better and they didn't, and they were in first place. And that to me is unacceptable. The Red Sox, Rockies will have the top spot. The Red Sox and me are right under that. They had a really bad deadline. You know what's funny about that Blue Jays and the Jose Barrios deal? That I look at it, and that's a massive overpay. It is. Massive overpay. The Twins hit a home run there. But if you're the Blue Jays, how do you not say, we can do the same deal, but you also got to throw in Michael Pineda, who wasn't moved. <laughs> yeah. You put yeah. Michael Pineda in that deal and it's more palatable. Yeah. I don't it, understand why Pineda wasn't moved. I don't understand why the Blue Jays didn't ask for him in this deal. It doesn't make sense for Pineda to stay still. Uh, you're absolutely right. And kind of piggybacking on that, uh, the Twins had sort of a, on the other side of things, they were sellers, but they weren't really great sellers in my mind. They sold, you know, they, they gave away Nelson Cruz. We talked about that. They trade Jose Barrios, who didn't actually need to be traded, but was anyway. And then they trade Jay Happ, fine. Uh, and then Robles, and that's it. Yeah, you know, Canada didn't go. Um, drawn a blank. I feel like there were like two or three other guys they could have definitely moved and didn't. And um, But anyway, Felipe, going back to sort of the Red Sox here and the Twins, um, both in my mind didn't make the mark. Red Sox, though, more so than the Twins, just wildly misfired this deadline. Yeah, I was when you were uh, asking for winners and losers. I looked at the Red Sox first before I even thought about the Rockies because you know the Rockies didn't do anything. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with you about the, about the Red Sox. You're in first place. You, you're in a very tough division, and the Yankees made all the right moves. The Rays uh, did all the shrewd moves, and the Red Sox did all the dumb moves. I think. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's you know, that's what happens when I'm drunk, right? Uh, but Kyle Schwarber is hurt right now at the moment, and even when he's healthy, you don't know what to expect from the guy. I mean, he had that uh, ballpark should benefit him immensely, Kyle Schwarber. But we've seen him go on really bad slumps before. He's really patient. He works the counts, and sometimes when you work the count, you get none of the results to go with it. I mean, you could go. Yeah slumping because you swing at too many pitches or you're missing in, in too many pitches or it's because you're trying to get on base uh, by any means necessary and that's either by getting hit by a pitch or walking and Kyle Schrober is that ladder uh, so we'll see how that works he's definitely not playing outfield in that ballpark no effing way uh, uh, and then designated hitter well you already got JD Martinez so uh, it's a hell of a mismatch but yeah the bullpen looks kind of uh, ordinary at the point and when I saw Hansel Robles uh, getting moved I'm like wow that. That sucks for them. Austin Davis isn't any better. So, no, I think that, I mean, if any team shut the bet here, it, it was definitely the Red Sox. And now you got to depend on a gimpy Chris Sale to come back and, um, yeah, see if he comes anywhere near. What's that? I'm okay with Another worthy quote, <laughs> by the way. The Yankees not only get Rizzo, but Rizzo would have been a perfect get for the Red Sox <laughs> to keep him away from there. Um, yeah. James, yeah, Jesus Aguilar was a guy I thought for sure. I just, I feel a Red Sox-Marlins trade coming in the near future. I thought that would be someone who, who they got and they didn't. And as like most of the comment section points out, Josh Donaldson was the other big name I was expecting to be traded. He was. Oh, wow. um, so now we'll wrap it up here. The final two teams, and the reason I saved them together was that they were involved in the biggest trade together. Uh, we have both Washington Nationals who were sellers, 
and rightfully so. That that ship has. I, I was a big believer in them a month ago, and then that ship just kind of fell apart really quickly. Um, they trade Brad Hand, they get Riley Adams, they trade Kyle Schorber, they get like the 19th best Red Sox prospect, and he's a reliever on top of that. Uh, they trade Mason or they trade Daniel Hudson, they get Mason Thomas and Cody Farley. Fine. They trade Jan Gomes and Josh Harrison, they get Drew Miller, Mil, Milos, Seth Schumann, Richard Gouache. And they trade Lester, they get Lean Thomas, who I actually kind of like Lean Thomas. It's a nice get for them as some outfield depth. Um, the big trade here, and this segues into the Dodgers too. They trade Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, which no one really had Trey Turner going two weeks ago uh, in this deadline. And he went anyway because that's what the deadline gave us, which is the greatest experience ever. Hmm. They, he tra- they trade him as a package. They get Kybert Ruiz, who is their top prospect and a catching prospect. Josiah Gray, who is their top pitching prospect, Gerardo Priolo, and Donovan Casey. In my opinion, I don't think they got enough. I actually think the Dodgers won that trade um, because the Dodgers get two absolute move-the-needle players. Trey Turner transforms an offense, in my mind, much like Mookie Betts did um, in his good years. And Max Scherzer is the best, and it's not even close. You can give me Berrios, you can give me whoever you want. Max Scherzer is here, and the rest of the pitchers who moved at this deadline are here. Uh-huh. And that, and the Dodgers, who were already probably among the World Series favorites, get both of those guys. An A-plus move for the Dodgers. Um, and the Nationals, you know, they did get two top prospects. Finally, I just think that they could have gotten more if they trade those guys separately. I'm going to give you my thoughts. When I, when I got that alert and I looked at that trade, Trey Turner, I think it was the sporting news where I got the update from. It was yeah. Trey Turner to the Dodgers and it listed the deal. And I said, that's a lot for Trey Turner, but I get it. And it was actually Scherzer and Turner for that return. <laughs> yeah, I saw you comment that. I was like, I don't know if he really so I'm, got I'm like, yo, if, if that's like, I get it. That's value for Trey Turner. He's one of the best shortstops. He's cost controlled. And then I see it was Max Scherzer. They just landed the best pitcher in, on, at the deadline, and they landed the best position player at the deadline. Yeah, yeah, that's and they and they underpaid for them. Yeah, and they underpaid for them. Yeah, so they got the Dodgers the best hit an absolute. The best they, they they land they hit a home run here, and they got Corey Seager's replacement. Yeah, and Felipe, you'll appreciate this. That I thought Max Scherzer alone, even as a rental, just because of where he was in the market and the demand for a guy like that, I thought he was going to get a Jose Quintana type type return. I thought he was going to get two top 100 prospects by himself, one being, you know, back end and one being the blue chip. And instead, they basically did that, but added Trey Turner, who didn't even need to be traded. He could have gone next year. So yeah. that to me is an absolute home run, Felipe. What do you think about the, the value of this trade? For First of all, I'm not used to Mike Rizzo giving up all the time. I thought they were acquiring players uh, to help uh, yeah, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Yeah, so this is a kind of a well. You win the World Series, and you know it's it, you know now it's time to let the horses run wild and into the pastures or whatever. Uh, but no, it's a really good deal for the Dodgers. I mean, I, I did say what I said earlier today because they're, they're. I still think they're still in trouble with all the injuries and all the um, inconsistent play from. Otherwise, they they would be running away in that division right now. But it, it's a lot closer than anybody would have imagined. But still, this is a great way to. Uh, kind of uh, let the everybody know in that division and in that league know that, Hey, we're still around. We don't have Trevor Bauer, but we're still around. We're still kicking. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it, it's going to be interesting how they uh, 
fix their lineup because they were already loaded to begin with. And now they just got two big uh, players. And uh, yeah, see, because Max Scherzer getting four prospects, uh, that makes sense. We've seen it happen with Chris Sale. We've seen it happen with Jose Quintana. As a White Sox fan, I could speak for that. And all you really need is one guy to hit. But it's a tough sw- – if you're a Nationals fan, that's a tough pill to swallow that you gave up two really good Major League Baseball players and all you got was a catching prospect who – if you guys listen to fan, uh, the Total Basis podcast, you guys know how I feel about catching prospects. They are not to be trusted. They are not to be uh, – uh, yeah, they're, they're just you can't trust those guys because today's uh, catching prospect is tomorrow's flame out. And uh, Josiah Gray, who he could be something. He cannot be something. Who knows? And the other guys – Wait, uh, Carrillo is a 22-year-old, lanky, short-statured, uh, right-handed pitcher, and Donovan Casey might be a guy. He might be something, but he's already 25 years old. He'll be 26 next year. So he'll. So no, this is. Um, I mean, it just goes to show you. I mean, the, the, the trade market uh, is a, is a weird thing. If the Padres couldn't match that, I I would just kind of wonder what that what what their trade offer would have been for a Max Scherzer, or maybe. Or maybe it was that they, the Nationals insisted on having Trey Turner in a package deal, and the and the Padres like, no, we only want Scherzer, we don't want Trey Turner. That's that's too much. Imagine if you flip that deal around and it's the Padres that acquire those two. Yeah, uh, who knows? Uh, it's hard to tell. That's, yeah, I mean, it, it just boggles my mind that that this is the best deal that the Nationals could have gotten for these two guys, which again, just goes to show you what is the point to all of this? What is the point to keeping Trey Turner down and not extending him long-term mm-hmm. if you're just going to get rid of him for peanuts? Yeah. Or, or, you, or you feel the need you have to package him with one of the premier starting pitchers in all of baseball and you just get whatever prospect just because they're on a fancy list that show that they're top 50 or whatever the hell. It, it's just, I don't know, man. It, it's just, something's not right here, but uh they, the Nationals did what they felt they had to do, and the Dodgers definitely, like I mentioned before, in desperation mode, got the two guys that they needed to usher up that roster. I tell you, you go into a playoff series and you look at Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, and Clayton Kershaw, that's just that's pretty nasty, man. Oh, but I thought Clayton Kershaw, all he does is choke. That's what you guys tell me all the time. I don't tell you that. I'm a Kershaw guy. I know you are. Sorry. It's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, it, it if you were to magnify, if you were to bring out, you know, the color of the standings now, I'm looking at it, and you look in the east, to me, the Red Sox, uh, they're going to fall. I don't know how far. They, they, I, don't, I don't know if they'll fall out of the playoffs entirely, but I don't think they're going to win the division now. I think we we have that conclusion from the deadline. Rays improved too much. The Yankees, by the way, are already, if the Red Sox lose this game, they're six back of the Rays, or, you know, they'll be seven yeah. back of the Rays and six back of the Red Sox. Five and a half back of the Red Sox already. They were nine back at the trade deadlines. It's already three and a half games. Um, the Central White Sox were going to win it. They're still going to win it. The West, the Astros didn't do much. They added a couple of relievers, but they they're four the and a half up. They didn't get that center fielder that they desperately needed. Oh, yeah, they got rid of, they got rid of Miles Straw instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I don't think the – we haven't talked about the Astros. I don't think we need to. I don't think they had a great deadline, though. Uh, A's improved. Uh, you know, you guys are a little higher on that. Mariners, I think, improved, but I don't. Astros to me will probably hang on. I don't think much is going to change in the West, put it that way. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And I kind of agree with the NL East, too. Like, yes, the Mets didn't have a fantastic deadline. Uh, Phillies made some moves. Braves made some moves. I just don't see anyone really moving the needle too much to take over, even though it's three and a half. Um, NL Central, 
Brewers are gonna are gonna win that division. And the West Dodgers three back, I think they're gonna catch them. You know, those were my two big takeaways. Red Sox will not win the the AL East, and the Dodgers will win the NL West. I think if we can cap the deadline impact, that's what it is. And the Yankees, probably of those teams who weren't in the in the playoffs, have the best chance I think of getting themselves into it. That's how I see it. I don't disagree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know me, I'm like the biggest uh, non-New York Yankee fan ever. So uh, I love those moves. It only that was get them to be better offensively. The starting pitcher, uh, the rotation is still kind of questionable. I think maybe that's uh, a warning as to why you, we shouldn't uh, go all in on the Yankees. But you mentioned events. The Red Sox looked awful, even yeah. though their offense is just as good. But there's something to be said about uh, a team that's slipping and they don't have enough pitching to keep them above water. At least the Yankees always have a solid bullpen to fall back on as well. So, yeah. Uh, and the Red Sox have been slipping since the all-star break very quietly. I know they took three out of four from the Yankees, but those took colossal meltdowns. It's going to be very interesting about 12 games from now when they rematch. Um, and by the way, Yankees rotation has been doubted all season. It's got pretty good numbers all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do add Andrew Haney and, some guys named Corey Kluber and Luis Severino are rehabbing. So we'll see what they can give. I have zero expectations really for either one of them, but there, there is at least something there. I tell you what, what I'm glad. And I think what should happen. Remember when they stripped the waiver deadline and it's not a final thing. I don't Mm -hmm. think they need to bring it back. I think this is a look at this trade deadline. You say, let's get rid of the waiver deadline. Let's get rid of that shit. If you're Mm -hmm. GMs, you know, this is the only chance you have to improve your ball club None of that waiver bullshit. None of sneaking those high payroll guys through waivers. That's it. You do it on July 31st. You don't do it. You're fucked. Yeah. But you can't bring that waiver wire back. You can't. This was the best deadline of any sport in years. Uh, Maybe the best, like I said, baseball one ever. But the great thing about the other sports was that it has to all happen in a short period of time. Now you have that with baseball. There's no waiver deadline. You have to be a buyer or a seller. And you have to make that decision. So I know... I know we said winners and losers. I think the biggest winners are the fans. Yeah, yeah. we finally got one win, guys. Got we finally something. got a win. Uh, we had a hell of a week. <laughs> question for you guys. Uh, how does uh, uh, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner going to the Padres for Luis Campusano, Mackenzie Gore, and two other scrubs going back to the Nationals? How does that sound to you guys? Sold. I would have done it. Yeah, I would have no, done well, it. No, I'm convinced that the Padres looked at Trey Turner and they're like, we can't afford you. The Dodgers, who are just – printing their own money at this point mm-hmm. They're like screw it bring them over we're already paying trevor borrow all this money to not play for us or whatever let's bring trey turner and max scherzer we don't care we're out here to win championships not uh yeah, winning cures those things i, I think i, those things, I yeah. said the the estimated tax bill for the dodgers is at 30 plus <laughs> yeah they do and they have a, they have some money getting freed up so it's not like the dodgers are going to be in luxury cap hell forever yeah. they yeah. could put payroll on a lot of these guys now you know turner not being one of them but a lot of these guys are signed for a but while. Turner, Turner helps them do that because they can let Seager walk. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, they can be able let to fall up. Whatever, whatever the new cap number is, they may be able to fall under that with the Seager yeah. deal. Uh, but uh, Felipe absolutely would make that trade from the Padres, uh, and and they didn't. So what do you do? Yeah. But uh, thank you. We got a really good turnout tonight, and I know everyone was very excited about the deadline, just like we were. I'm glad we were able to put this together somewhat last minute. I was just, I was approached like four hours ago, five hours ago, and Felipe, I know that you uh, you jumped on too, so we appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Um, by the way, one last thing. Eddie, friend of the show, Otani lover, knows how much we love Otani, uh, gave us this. 
which I asked him to confirm does indeed say Shohei Otani, and I'm not saying doing something racist right now. Um, this, <laughs> is, uh, this is from Eddie. Thank you, Eddie. I know that you love sending us gifts Otani related. We appreciate it. I'm mad. You got yours faster than me. My, yeah, my, uh, Florida mailman, uh, she just speeds as fast as possible all around the area. Um, so everyone, thank you for joining us. Some good interaction. We had a lot of fun. Um, Dong City will, will be back. We'll get you a date. Uh, we're kind of trying a different approach, trying to see yeah. you know when, when we're going to come back next. Um, Felipe, do you have a total basis in the in the canon right now? It was supposed to be for tonight, but then you guys uh, stole <laughs> yeah. our thunder. No, uh, but for, yeah, it's, uh, right now, Sean and I, we cannot sync our schedules correctly. And uh, it, this is uh, my hot boy summer. So it's been also very difficult for me to schedule any time for the show. We're going to try to do it again next weekend as uh, uh, we have a lot to talk about as well. Uh, we know we, I know we covered a lot of these traits, but I'm kind of there's a, l- a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth as I wanted to talk about some of these other prospects, which I did, but I didn't talk about all the prospects. And as you know, and if you're in a dynasty league, you always have to keep your eyes peeled. I'm sorry. What? I said, have a follow-up. Yeah. I, you know, I'd like to fantasy impact so that you guys can dive more into these numbers. I think the deadline was that big. Oh yeah. It was, it was tremendous. That's why, you know, when Sean said he was available tonight, I was, I was, I was giddy, but then, you know, uh, life gets in the way so but i do thank you to, to uh, both of you gentlemen for having me on and giving me this platform to uh say my piece on this trade deadline i had a lot on my chest it's the reason why we're going 90 minutes and not the one hour that vince wanted so i do apologize for that but thank you i do thank you guys for giving me this opportunity so i appreciate that sure yeah, yeah. before we leave i want to say that if we have any blue jay fans watching and they want to get me Vladimir Guerrero Jr. printed up in Japanese <laughs> headband, I totally take that. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Tune into the Audible there on Tuesdays. Uh, I don't even know what day it is. We're on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tune into the Audible on, on Tuesdays. Uh, we've got Step Back on Wednesdays. And um, and then, of course, Work Shoot on Thursday nights. And, like, Step Back is on Friday, brother. Yeah, we're, I'll never get it right. We are on Wednesday. <laughs> it's a permanent apology to the step back that I will never both get their name and day correct and time correct. But uh, yeah, Fridays. So thank you for joining us. Episode 69, obviously my favorite in a while. Uh, and everyone have a good night. We will be back. Um, have a good night. Donk 69, bitches. Wait, wait, wait.